0: Welcome back, listeners, to the Type A Plus podcast. I could not be more ecstatic because I have one of the first mentors of my career on the pod today. His name is Jim Kahn. If you are in the Philadelphia or Mid-Atlantic area in the hospitality industry, you know Jim Kahn. You probably know him as the godfather of the hospitality industry. At least that's what I tell everyone you are. But Jim, I've talked on the podcast about how you gave me opportunities and so many other people in the industry opportunities when we needed it the most. For me, it was when I graduated after the recession and right into the recession, and you really led me to a lot of the relationships that were pivotal in my career. So please tell the listeners a little bit about yourself.
1: Great, thanks Beth. I loved getting to meet you and get to know you. I love to to help with others who are coming into the industry. I started on publication back in 1987, so most of the time I'm older than most everybody, and I was the kid at one time. And it's funny, you mentioned the the godfather events. Uh, At one time, the mayor of Philadelphia, Mayor Ed Rendell, called me the second mayor of Philadelphia once and awarded me an award, which was so cool. And I was also known as the governor at some things. So I've had a variety of titles, and, and I think it's fun. But it's really just getting to know people and taking what your life experiences are and were and move it to the new future is how I look at everything. So, thanks so much for uh, for having me.
0: Oh, it's just a pleasure, and I I learned so much from you early on, and we'll get into it obviously about. The ways to go into specifically networking relationships. Mm. I saw a huge contrast when I would go to, for example, chamber events in my very early career years. By the way, folks, we're talking about when I first graduated from college. So I was in my early 20s, really didn't have a connection in events. But what Jim taught me was you have to go in thinking about not what that person can do for you, but truly what you can do for that person, whether that's introducing them to someone or possibly hosting an event at their location, or really just thinking about the relationship and not necessarily the transaction. From humble beginnings in 1987 (laughs) to the governor and the mayor and the godfather. (laughs) How did you get started? What came before the magazine?
1: That, you know, it's a long story and I'm going to try to condense as much as possible on this. I grew up in a family, I'm the only child, and my mother and father worked constantly, 24-7. They were trying to keep a business going as a printing and advertising business, but it was really only a few people. And my dad had clients going back to the radio station world. Uh, so I grew up either A, they were working or B, they, we would have parties. At our house and noticed that my dad had clients that he was working with constantly year after year after year and he was struggling with it because it might not have made the monies that he could have but he enjoyed it and he just kept building the relationships and, and i looked at that as i kept moving forward At the printing business i worked in the dark room so i would be in the camera room for two three four hours a day and my dad would be out selling. And then he would come in around four o'clock, change from a suit and tie into an apron and start working in the printing plant. And I would at that time switch to a suit and go to a chamber mixer or go to something else. But then one time I had uh, gone over to a club in New Jersey and uh, I had a couple women with me who were very nice and friendly and uh, met one of the flyers, the Stanley Cup guys. And being in Philadelphia was crazy about the Flyers in the, in the time period. We started to hang out. They kept inviting me back. You know, I never got an autograph. Never wanted anything more. And next thing I know, I met uh, Sky Rick McLeish and Dave Schultz and Bernie Peron, all these guys. Bob Kelly, and then I met Ron Jaworski because he would hang out there, and Vince Papali. And then after probably four or five months of seeing these guys. I was asked by a friend to help with an opening of a nightclub called Fizz Nightclub at the Royce Hotel in Bucks County, which is now the Sheraton Bucks County. And they asked me, hey, can you bring the flyers? I said, sure. You know, I mean, these guys were coming out with me. So now I show up with four or five of the guys. It's about two o'clock in the morning. We got up, did a photo. And I have a picture of Bob Kelly, Bill Barber, and Rick McLeish. And I didn't know what to do with it. They kept asking me, hey, what's the next party? And I looked around and there was no resource of where to go, what to do, how to plan. There was a magazine called Focus Magazine that listed the hospitality industry once a year. And there was nothing that was correct in the publication. So I started a newsletter. So at that same breath, I had a friend who did incentive travel for PepsiCo's Canada, dry bottling. And she wanted me to go to the islands with her because she felt uncomfortable with all these male bottlers and herself running a program in that's all. So I ended up going with her and I handled all the greeting and the aspects of the people coming up to me. I was the go-to person. And so I liked that too. And then I looked at what I was doing with the idea of a a newsletter and put together a 44 page publication, gave away most everything in the magazine, but it was how to plan, where to plan, what to do. And then what I think really turned our publication was there was a honey baked ham company was pretty well known. And the general manager and I became very close friends unfortunately passed away about a year ago. But we, we would go to different events and we would take hams. They became the ham source. And we came up with an idea for a party and we uh, invited all the flyers, the uh, Eagles, quite a few of the sports celebs. And we helped with the reopening of about a 600 passenger vessel. And we termed it the ham ball. Honey baked ham brought the ham and I brought the ball, black tie, we had six hundred people show up and then the boat pulled back into dock and another four hundred people came on board. Wow. So we had close to a thousand people on the boat and it was all complimentary. And we took that idea, did a handball too, and then we took it to the Franklin Mint Museum. We did making of a mint ball. We took it to the New Jersey State Aquarium, which became adventure aquarium. And we called it the fish and chips ball. We talked in our magazine about how to plan an event, how to throw an event, how to bring people together. And that's just the full history of how we got started.
0: That is an incredible story. There's so much that you said that I can see shapes you. First of all, the image of you and your dad, like swapping duties and making sure that Mm -hmm. you're building these relationships, I think is really amazing. And it shows like that's fearless at an early Mm. age to be able to go out and go network. Were you always really good at relationships and talking to people? Or were you nervous when you started going to these networking
1: things? Well, it's it's funny. I grew up actually with a lot of (coughs) babysitters because my folks worked so much. So when I was really young, most people were older than I was around. And it, it wasn't really that I was too nervous. I would always gravitate towards someone and then I would try to introduce them around and then move on. When I started to sell, I was like 16, 17 years old going to to places. I was seeing how I was treated by people who were in the industry of mostly the advertising world. And some people just saying, Oh, he's the printer or he's a delivery guy. So I, I learned that how people treated people and even when we started our magazine, I had my cousin who was a movie critic write our first couple issues. And that was probably why I mistake the word critic. But he wrote and He was negative about Atlantic City and things like that. And it wasn't what I went to see in the magazine. So then I said, there'll be no negative press in the magazine. We don't do a best of, worst of, because everyone is trying to be the best. That's for sure.
0: Yeah. So, and in events and hospitality one venue or hotel or location could be the best for one group and it might not be the best for another group. So I think it was really smart on your part because we have a wealth of phenomenal places to visit in this mid-Atlantic area. One of the things in your bio that you submitted that really struck me was you said, I never wanted to be a big magazine Wanted to focus regionally, be a partner, and be a go-to resource. I am committed to working closely with advertisers and to be the glue to our readers. Yeah. And mm-hmm. can you talk about why you think that was a successful strategy long-term?
1: I, I remember that there was a friend of mine, a planner, who had asked me to go with her to some site tours. And she didn't want to be the person that went up to the desk first. She wanted me to go up. And then she would come up and see how she was treated compared to myself being treated. We waited. She would say, well, Jim, this is how they treated me. This is how they treated you. What do you think? And we bounced things off of each other. And I I think how we try to structure the way that we want to be the glue and not just a big magazine. I want to have consistency. I don't want to have to keep going back. We have probably 20... 30 advertisers, we never signed a piece of paper. I was just talking to a couple of them last week and I said, you want to change the ad up? He well, what do you think? <laughs> so we're the ones who really would try to get the message out because we spend most of our time with our readers. Whereas I think a lot of pubs don't even know who's reading their publication. And what I love is when you, Beth, would book a client because of something we recommended or you saw in the magazine. You know, that's the things that, that really that i enjoy is to help out
0: yeah that's been my experience with you all throughout my career and my knowing you is listeners for those who have not listened before um my first experience with jim i went to an event do you know roland maracek does that yes Um, yeah so i've not seen him weeks ago yeah i've not seen him in a long time tell him i said hello but he took me to an event when i was working out in bucks county and i wanted to be in the city i wanted to be an event planner in the city And he told you that, and you proceeded to very nicely introduce me to everyone that you knew at that event who could Mm -hmm. be helpful to me. And you said, you didn't say Beth works for the place I was working for, the place I was selling, and that's it. You said Beth works for these folks. She's really great. She wants to be an event planner in Philadelphia looking to make connections. So you were able to not only connect the dots for what I did then, but also what I wanted to do in the future and kind of bring Mm -hmm. that whole person into a discussion. And I remember distinctly going to other events. I always pick on the chamber, so I'm sorry, chambers, but going to other (laughs) membership-based networking events and having it feel so transactional or to your point, like I wasn't welcome there or I was too young people would just say ah she's just an event planner she's just she's a party planner she's this she's that when I started to approach things differently and when I started to look at networking differently a lot of people think Mm -hmm. it's a return on an investment it's a return on well I spent $30 on that event I need to get at least you know $60 worth of business or whatever it is to make it worthwhile but you have a different philosophy please tell me about your philosophy and why it's different
1: well, you know, there, there's an investment of something when you're going out to places. And what I looked at is that when I was out, I wanted to not look at how much I'm spending, but to look at who I'm meeting and how that uh, was going to be a building scenario. So I always uh, to ask people, so what, what do you think of ROI? What, what's that I mean to you? And 90% of the people said their boss said, you gotta get 25 business cards. And I said, no, you don't. It's all about ROR, return on relationships. And I think that's the key. There are certain industries that, you know, maybe they don't care about the relationships. They just saw how many fans they could sell or how many pens or, or whatever. But in this, it's really keeping the people in touch because you don't know where they're gonna be the next step. And, and that's why with our interns, I, I could name probably 15 of them, that we are talking to constantly it's funny because i had spoke at a couple of colleges and i do not have a college degree i did not go to college i could not go because my dad had a heart attack when i was in 11th grade and i had actually to take over the business for about 8 to 9 months so uh, when i spoke at colleges you know i'll tell them look you never know who's going to be where you never know this person. Going back to that woman that I would go to psyched for with, my friend Mitty. she did the American Bankers Association. We had a great bond. Core States actually would hire me for their VIP tent to greet all 2,000, 2,500 people that came in through the core States bike race <coughs> every single year. You know, Mid would call me up and say, hey, Jim, are you available? I need you there. So I think when you build the relationships, you want to become the go-to but you don't want to be the, the person who's like, uh, you have to come to me or you're not going to get anywhere. It was more, you just push it out there and say, did you meet this? And hopefully something will come about you know, down the road.
0: Greeting is super important at events. People mm-hmm. want to know that they are where they're supposed to be, that there's a friendly face there who understands and is welcoming them. I think it's really critical, that piece that you mentioned of greeting, because I think sometimes people don't Think about how important it is. But even to this day, I see when you're at a networking event, even if you're not hosting it, people gravitate toward you. And I think that it's that spirit that Mm. I think you taught everyone who's worked with you as well, because I know a few of your former interns, and (laughs) even though I have never worked with you in staff for Mid Atlantic Events Magazine, I really took that on all of my roles. Any time that I was an events chair or a president of a membership-based organization, if someone walked in, I wanted to greet them because yeah. if if someone walks into a new situation, it can be very daunting. So to see someone say, "Hi, welcome," I noticed you. Who are you here to meet? You know, how can I make you have a great time? That's so so important.
1: Oh, it, it is so important. It's almost like when I go to a restaurant, even. And um, walk up to the hostess stand or whatever, and they say, uh, uh, "Can I help you?" And it's like, oh, I wish you would have said, "Welcome to X Y Z Restaurant. I hope you had a pleasant, you know, journey in." And because they know why I'm there, they're, they're right. there to to, to eat. <clears throat> um, just don't take. They don't take a look at it, and that's what we always taught everyone. We ran a, an event called Taste and Tour of the Countryside, which was out at Drexelbrook. It went on for close to 18 years, and last year we did, it was 4,000 people, and Temple University School of Hospitality and Tourism would make it part of their curriculum for about five years, six years, that they would bring almost the whole class. And captains would tell the students, everyone needs to be greeted. Welcome to their table. Welcome to their exhibit booth. Don't just say booth number 39. They don't know where booth number 39 is. Help them carry things because that's so important. You get to be a friendly <clears> base. And that's what we did for all of our events. To me, I'm not out there to sell. I'm out there to connect or just to to be relationship. And when I was president of HSMAI, uh, Hospitality Sales, Marketing Association, International Affiliate Chapter, in the 2000s, the mid-2000s, we created Dynarounds it wasn't just about taking a group to a restaurant we went to four places at at, that night or five it was those people walking together having a common uh, denominator that they could talk about and going from restaurant to restaurant and before that was it was a summer outing then we turned it into a summer soiree
0: summer outing was where i met you it was on
1: the Mushaloo. the Mushaloo. Yep. yeah 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 Yeah. Mm -hmm. and we did that for 10 years
0: Well, when the details are facilitated, people don't have to necessarily worry. That's the other thing about a good greeting. You limit the anxiety of someone going, am I where I'm supposed to be? Where is my name tag? Where do I have to go? It really allows them to be where they are, keep their head where their feet are, (laughs) Mm -hmm. and really be immersed in the experience. And I think you said something about your magazine and your relationship to your readers and how it is unique and different. And I think that is critically important for folks not only who plan events, but maybe are leaders in membership-based organizations. A lot of the time, especially if sponsors are funding a huge portion of either your organization Mm. or your event, it can be really tempting to spend a lot of time on your sponsors. But I always remind my event clients that your attendees are your stakeholders, too. People Mm -hmm. that don't pay necessarily for the event are your stakeholders, too. Your partners are your stakeholders, too, whether they have a dollar in it or their stake is their time and sweat and tears. And I think it really would behoove folks to really think about everyone who touches their event the vendors, all of these Mm -hmm. people, you need to have relationships with them and understand what they are looking for, why they're supporting your event and how you can Mm -hmm. make that make whatever their goal is a reality.
1: Absolutely. Yeah, it's it's win win for everybody is what you have to make it. Mm -hmm. And we have our Ask Jim portal. On our website's magazine, and I'm the only one who sells the ads in the magazine. And then I also oversee the production. I do the final approvals, but my editor and art director, we look at the editorial structure together, and we try to highlight. And I said, give them a voice. You know, our our first issue, as the pandemic was happening, and I really hate using that word pandemic or COVID. I know. It it
0: feels so far away and also like last week in some terms. Yeah,
1: Yeah, well, COVID is that five-letter word that uh, we don't try to say anymore. Um, (laughs) But what I did is I put boxes on our front cover of people like on a Zoom call, people who were trying to be still involved in the industry, just a picture of who they were and their name was underneath it. Love that. And then we co-created a video called Hospitality Ready, and event ready and what we did four of us went out and got video pieces from different people around the whole region we're ready when you're ready but it was a phenomenal emotional video we always had to keep positive always had to keep pushing forward
0: yeah and keep focusing on the people right at the end of the day it's people that power all of these brands so i love that you not only spotlight the venues, but the people behind it that are like, we are ready to see you again. Because yep. I think, especially for us in the hospitality industry, it was a rude awakening of we still need to connect. We knew that. It was just, mm-hmm. how are we going to connect and for how long? One of the other things I wanted to talk to you about, you've mentioned a lot of events that you're going to or planning or part of. How do you, because I think a lot of people really admire. The fact that you can just go to all of these events. I swear there has to be more than one of you. How do you, Mm -hmm. when you pick a networking event to go to, what are your tactics? What is the approach to find success in a networking event?
1: I was averaging before 2020, probably about four events a week. I remember one time I did seven (coughs) events in one night. So I always look at, A, is it something that interests me? that would interest my readers the people who are involved with the magazine as the planners does it help a client of mine if it's a hosted event by uh, one of our um, advertisers i will prioritize that
0: and that's a return on your relationship with them i also Uh, want to point out your use of partnerships over the years i mean the handball is it's extremely mm -hmm. ingenious and it's really meeting each of the partners where they are what can you give? What can I give? And then making a mutually beneficial partnership that also benefits the 1,000 to 1,400 people that were mm-hmm. coming to your event. So I think partnerships is, is part of your legacy
1: as well, I would say. Yeah. I love those partnerships. And I think what happens is you don't go in looking at what's in it for you. It's what is it in for that you can bring to the table. And that's really how I always looked at it.
0: Yes. And that's listeners is how i was able to go from being laid off to having my first two clients in two months because i the first thing that i did after crying for a few days was Mm -hmm. calling people and emailing people in my network just getting appointments with them letting them know what i was going to be doing now talking to them about how our partnership might change or things that I might be able to do for them that I wouldn't before and ways that I could still keep them connected to the previous employer to further their goals and aspirations. And two months later, that led to two qualified referrals that allowed me to really take my business full time. And so I think there's Mm -hmm. something to be said for thinking about what each side can give. Jim, this was fantastic. Please tell the listeners how they can get in touch with you from the Ask Jim to following your publication.
1: Sure. Our magazine's website is www.eventsmagazine.com. And if you're in the planning world or a part of it, if you're an admin or executive secretary that might do some things once in a while, or if you're someone who, who plans meetings and conferences all the time, it's for both levels. If you want to reach out, my email is jimeventsmagazine.com. And I, I'm connected all the time. It, it's something that, um, you know, we, we, we try to pride ourselves because we see other ones not doing it. So we really try to help out. And our phone number is 215-947-8600 uh, if you need to call us. So we've all different ways to get in touch with us.
0: This is gold, everyone listening. This contact mm. information is gold because Jim really is one of a kind. And I, I can't thank you that. enough for everything oh. that you've taught me. And on behalf of everyone you've ever brought up into the fold, thank you so much for everything that you do.
1: Oh, thanks, Beth. And and you're doing an awesome job in just progressing everything.
0: Thank you so much. And thank you, Type A Plus listeners. I will be back in two weeks with a new episode. Take care.